I could tell you what the song is about, but one time my brother asked me what this song was about because he really liked it. And I told him and he said, Angie, do me a favor. And I said, what's that? And he said, don't ever, ever tell me what your songs are about ever again. This is Champagne is also a band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champaign-Urbana. Recorded in the Blue Box studio with a songwriter from the Champaign-Urbana music scene, past or present. Welcome to Champagne is also a band podcast. Today I have Angie Heaton and we're going to talk about it's easier when you're here from the album Let It Ride. And you may know Angie from as I will try to say some of these bands. Let's see. We've got 40 days. Can I tell you about the bands or do you want Do you want to do that? Do you want to oh. just list them off? Well, I usually list them off, but, you know, if you want to do that, that'd be awesome. I think that'd be 40 fun. 40 Days was a band I had in high school with Kurt Bielema, who also oh, okay. produced and recorded and basically played everything on the Let It Ride album. There oh, you go. I didn't know that. We That's went good. to prom together. Oh. Fun fact. How'd that go? <laughs> <laughs> Funny you should ask. Kurt and I had a great time together. Awesome. So, uh, should I go on to Elysian Fields? When I contacted the singer of Elysian Fields, he did not remember me being the very first drummer. So, that kind of tells you how that was going at that oh, time. <laughs> very brief. Could it very be? brief oh. and a uh, very drinky time in my life. That was oh. at Mizzou. I always say I went to Mizzou, but I was merely enrolled. In Mizzou. At Mizzou. So, I, I didn't really go. So, is this, uh, and then Catgut. Oh, Catgut was a band with Dean Schwank in it. And I can't remember the other guy's names. Dean Schwank was so cute. I was confused for a minute, so I joined oh. a band. <laughs> he had long hair and drove a Chevy pickup truck. Mm. All right. Do so, you know Dean? I, no, I don't he know. He ended up being in The Gentle Tamers. And then let's see. So, we've got. El Camino Joyride theme. Oh, right. That's the band in some guy's basement. We recorded a theme song for Allison Davis's. Allison Davis Woods had a radio show on PGU, or maybe it was Weft. Uh huh. Called the El Camino Joyride. Very cool. And then So Few Bullets. So Few Bullets was pre Corn Dolly, Amy Gasso, Lynn Fisher, and myself. So Few Bullets. Uh. We were kind of like. Uh, well, I better not say. Okay. <laughs> you okay? Sounds sounds good. It was supposed to be so few men, so few bullets. We weren't really man hating. Like I see. Uh, what do you? I don't know. I don't know what was going on in our head. So few bullets. <laughs> I well, know. I think I think you were pre-addressing some 
very obvious problems with the uh, patriarchy. How about that? Let's just say. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. How about that? That's we'll just good. go with We that. weren't like super radical separatist feminists or anything. I wasn't. Again, a time where I don't remember much of what was going on. Gotcha. So, corn dolly. I think that's like, is that your... Yeah, I, I mean, that's. I think that's where a lot of people would remember you from, other than your solo work, obviously. But Maybe we should just cut all the stuff we just talked about out and just talk about Corn Dolly. <laughs> okay. I mean, we, we, we could... Uh, we don't do, have to. Why don't we just go down this, this rabbit hole and then see how it turns okay, out. Okay, that's and then... perfect. Corn Dolly was Amy from Sophia Bullets, and I got together with Wendy and Rachel from... A band called Sheila, which I think Mm. also Allison Davis was the drummer in that band. And then we decided to form Corn Dolly. I just did what people told me at that time. Oh, okay. And you were a drummer at that point, right? I was, yes. Yeah. So, um... I was a drummer in all of those bands up until I started playing solo. Gotcha. And then, so, Licorette? Drummer. A band with what was left over of Corn Dolly after Singer quit the band, Rachel moved, and we had a new bass player in Corn Dolly called, named, not called, named Matt named. Friedberger. <laughs> and he went on to be kind of fancy in a band called Fiery Furnaces with his sister, Eleanor Friedberger. Oh, have you nice. heard of them? I have. That's wonderful. Um, so, and it looked like you joined the Tractor Kings for a little bit. and I did. Played play, some drums. Played some drums with the Tractor Kings. I played on an album called Gone to Heaven. I love country music. And then, of course, you as the solo, Angie Heaton. But your first band, besides the, I guess, being solo, was with the Gentle Tamers. Right. I had a book called The Gentle Tamers, which was about women who pioneered the West. And I just really liked the name. So I had this group of guys that I was playing with. And I said, I want to be Angie Heaton and the Gentle Tamers. And they were like, that's cool. And then I told them where it came from. Nobody cared. Awesome. Awesome. And that was, and let me remember that the Gentle Tamers at the time were, um, was that Josh Quirk and? No. Okay. So oh. the first incarnation uh-huh. We'll say of the Gentle Tamers was Kurt Bielema and Nick Rudd. No, that's not true. The first incarnation was me on drums, Nick Rudd on guitar, and Charlie Dold on bass. Okay. And then I think Kurt started playing guitar and Charlie was on bass. And then it was. Dean Schwank on bass. Ah, okay. Kurt Bielema on guitar. Me on guitar. Mm-hmm. And Todd Fletcher on drums. And at one point, Brendan Gamble played drums. So after oh. that, <laughs> it was a revolving door. Probably because of my unique personality. After that, I met Josh Quirk, who is my best friend. And he said, I'll put a band together for you. And he played drums. Nice. Bob Watson played guitar and josh walden played bass okay yeah i I think and i played guitar to be honest i think that was the first incarnation that i remember seeing 
but it might have just been because I already knew like Josh from um, the Brat Pack. Yeah. And um, I can't believe I just blanked on that name. Uh, and then, you know, and Bob Watson, you would see over at, uh, at like Iron Post playing with He's just the man. people. Yeah. Just He's good. All over the place, just playing all these like session ish people that play, you know, that they're used to just dropping in and playing. Well, you should always play with people who are better than you are. Yeah. And these guys are pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but <laughs> say the you have to you have to accept the fact too that they also admire you greatly, or else they wouldn't play with you. Thank you and welcome to the show. I'm so happy that we were finally able to like meet and get together and and get this recorded and talk because you know I I feel like a lot of people ask me about why haven't I interviewed Angie Heaton yet. And if we're not, and if they it's not, not that, no, I've had a few people, <laughs> I would say, okay, granted, it's not a ton of people, but the most people have asked for me to interview you. Let's just say that. Well, that's very kind. Yeah. Thank so. you. Thank you to all my fan. I guess without further ado, why don't we listen to the song? It's easier when you're here. Let's do it. All right.
Welcome back, Sven. Hey, welcome back to me. All right. And to you, Angie. Um, Do you think I talk too much? No. I, okay. I, I like it actually when people talk more than I do because you know I'm I'm generally a shy guy and uh, you know I want to do an interview of you for your podcast okay yeah, okay later we'll do that yeah later. okay good because I'm like should we do that now <laughs> okay <laughs> Sven um, and I go way back so he knows that I have some attention issues what I'm like what, drifting already you have what? Attention. For, for, for what? <laughs> what are we doing? Uh, what? <laughs> but that's all right, because I also have um, difficulty staying um, squirrel. Focused. Yes. That's what I was trying to Spend. say. It's easier um, when you're here. Thanks. Well, I mean, I'm sure that the uh, the podcast would be... Hopefully the podcast is easier when you are here or else it'd just be me making guesses about why this song came about. So let me, I guess, let me just start off with, is this something that started out with guitar chords or did you already have some words? And I mean, what, what brought this song about? Funny you should ask since this is what this podcast is about. (laughs) I love you, Angie. And I've not thought about it at all. (laughs) It's easier when you're here. What inspired this song was there was a band called Love Cup. Okay. Do you remember that band? I don't. I need to. Yeah, I need to. Is it? I'm guessing it's a local band. It it was a local band. A lot of my lyrics are like borrowed from other people. I wouldn't say it's plagiarism. No, it's definitely you're very referential. That's for sure. I reference Bob Dylan sometimes, and I reference just songs I've liked. And I even wrote a song once about that was just the titles of the names of songs that I liked and made a song out of it. I would say nothing is original, and I've heard before also like if you steal something, it's already been stolen twice. Probably, I would agree with that easily. A lot of my songs are they just kind of come out of me, so. I will be playing some chords and then likely a lyric will come out. A lot of my songs are written right in that moment. Most of them. Uh huh. But I'll have ideas of like lyrics that I've heard before, lyrics that I've wanted to use. But most of the time it's a surprise to me what comes out. I could tell okay. you what the song is about, but one time my brother asked me what this song was about because uh-huh. he really liked it. And I told him, and he said, Angie, do me a favor. And I said, what's that? And he said, don't ever, ever tell me what your songs are about ever again. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Because I think what it was actually about ruined it for him. I'm more interested in when the actual meaning or or the basis for the song is completely different than what I imagined. I think that just opens up the whole multiverse of what our existence is, right? So it's it's like we're taking multiple interpretations of the same words or same musical intent, but it, it means something different to each person. And I think that's a lot more fascinating than, oh, this is very, very obvious exactly what this song is about. And that's just been my experience so far with, with this podcast, is just hearing the different stories and how they come about. Well, ultimately, I would say the song is about people coming into your life that help you to live 
better. Like it's easier Mm. when this person is in your life or it's easier when this person is in your life. When I was writing it, I was trying to get sober. So I was all messed up. Like I had been drinking pretty heavily for many years. And it's about three different things, mostly three different people who inspired me to get and stay sober. So this song came out of that decision or you were already you had already made that decision to get sober well i can tell you what i told my brother okay and he said you know he said angie what's it's easier when you hear about and i said well one day i went to the gym and he said okay and i said there was somebody working out on one of the machines that i could tell was struggling with something Uh you know with like uh probably an eating disorder or an exercise disorder or some kind of addiction too. It was very apparent to me that this person was struggling. Whether they were or not, I have no idea. But in my mind, I thought they're struggling. And I was struggling. And my girlfriend at the time got me into working out and we would go to this gym every morning at like six o'clock in the morning. And I hated it. I hated having to be accountable for my health or to my girlfriend to get up and go to the gym every day. When I would watch this person who I could tell was struggling, I was like, I'm struggling too. But she was always there. It was easier for me. It was easier for me to work out because that person was there. Somehow it gave me inspiration Uh or that it felt like there was a reason to be there. There was a reason to get better. There was a reason to keep going. I felt like I was getting better and I felt like maybe she wasn't. I I don't know. I don't even yeah. Well that that <laughs> well that rolls into that uh that line of I had a dream that one of us started living and the other one just tried. Right. Yeah, but I wasn't sure like who was who, you know, at the time. Right. Wow. And then when I was getting sober, I met some other people that were doing the same thing and and just having people around you that you know it's like hey everything's not unicorns and rainbows you know it's like we've been there we know you're struggling we're struggling too you know it's it's just that's what makes me want to try and get yeah it sounds so dorky to talk about it no actually i'm 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 like touched because it i think i don't know if you ever got a chance to hear the first episode of this podcast where elizabeth majuris and i kind of sang your praises but i did listen to it okay (laughs) but i mean that's the thing is that we we both said you know there's there's something that's so simple about some of the words that you write but there's so much to unpack with each of your words you could you could take all of your lyrics at, at face value and it's still a wonderful song but like the deeper meanings that you can tell contextually it's like a it's like a fine i was going to say like a fine wine where it just like it as it as it breathes a little bit it just gets better and better i really appreciate that you're opening up about what this song is about and i think it's interesting and i'll probably never tell you how you changed mine it's like that person you probably never you probably don't even know who that person's name is i do know who they are and i did meet them it was weird because i would be around town and i would see them and finally i sort of befriended this person but yeah, they have no idea that I thought that or anything. And right. plus, I talked to everybody. They just probably thought it's weird, Angie. You know, whatever. 
But I appreciate But I have you... no idea where they are now, you know, and you know that part about when you look into a stranger's eyes and you realize that you recognize. Don't you think that's true? It's like when I remember when I met you and I thought, Oh, you're part of my soul group. Do you remember me telling you? I remember you, that? you telling me that, but I I I don't I I thought that that was something that kind of came up later in our relationship. Now I'm realizing that maybe you had thought that originally and just didn't want to scare me off, maybe. Probably. <laughs> Probably. But do you know when you were, you were very vulnerable, per- not vulnerable, but like no, you can get vulnerable. I hate the word yeah. vulnerable because it's so uh-huh. like, I don't even know right now. It's like everybody's feeling vulnerable and getting vulnerable and... Uh, I just remember talking to you and you told me some pretty heavy stuff about yourself and, you know, about what was going on in your life. That's what I need to see. I'm terrible at small talk. Mm. I don't ever want to talk about women my age want to talk about handbags. (laughs) I got nothing. I have to get deep with people. Maybe that's kind of morbid, but like I have to be like, what's wrong? Like not what's right, but like, let's talk about what you've been through. What's made you stronger? What are you doing today? What's the solution? It's more substantive that mm-hmm. it's like that it's it's the guts of the matter. Now, what about explaining something that is good about your life and and getting to the nuts and bolts about that? I, I think mean, that's I think good. That's, I think that's it's good. harder to do. It's harder to do. And there's so. so much good now. But I think at the time, like until recently, it was really hard for me to see what produced hmm. joy. That's it's, why I can't write a song anymore either is because I'm too happy now. I can't write a song because all my songs are sad. Do a podcast on that. Well, aren't we doing that right I now? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel so I vulnerable. Of, I don't know. It's it's like if if I have depression, it it takes it takes the form of I don't feel anything mm. rather than I feel something. What that and usually when that happens, you know, when it used to be that I felt terrible it was like wow i could go and do something really artistic and like dig that out and then i'd feel better and that would feel better than just being numb and being like i gotta get out of this well let's let's kind of half-ass a song or some art to see if you could dig yourself out but you just can't from numbness you can't dig yourself out i don't feel maybe that's just me but no i think that that's that makes sense I did write one song last year, accidentally dated. I I decided I wasn't going to date anymore. And really, my life has gotten so much better. But I accidentally dated last year when I was living in Minnesota. And my heart hurt. And then I could write a song. I wrote one song. You didn't ask me if I've been writing songs, but I'm just telling you about it. But so how does one accidentally date someone? Oh, it's tricky. (laughs) I, I would assume that that takes what, lots of skill. What happened was somebody started paying attention to me. Uh-huh. And then I was like, oh, we're going to be friends. And then it was like, I probably shouldn't dig too deep into that. It's whatever, whatever you need and whatever you're willing to share. How do you start with a song? You said that it just kind of comes out of you. But is it, do you, do you usually have to have your guitar in your hands when you're putting it together? Or does it just kind of pop into your head and you just kind of hum something? Or Well, since we have iPhones now with notes, I can get a oh. lyrical idea and then make a note of it. And then I'll try to write around it. That doesn't work for me. Like, it, mm. it is literally, I have to have the guitar and then I mm. write a song. I always joke that 
it's like hashtag funny, not funny, but all of my songs are about crushes and death and being crushed to death. They are. Yeah. They are about crushes and death. So if no one's dying and nobody's paying attention to me and I don't get a crush then. Yeah. Uh, when you said that, it just reminded me of the Julian Baker line where she says i wish i could write songs about anything other than death i love her so much yeah i don't know that line but i really do like her it's off of the sprained ankle album i god i hope i'm right (laughs) i hate when i'm like this is exactly what it is and then i say it wrong do you listen to my favorite murder i do you could do a corrections corner 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 (laughs) yes all right so how did you get get the album like let it ride like recorded and well i was uh very depressed during this process and i was working with kurt bielema who is amazing and he was going to record this album for me and i was sleeping a lot um i was heartbroken and kurt said he would record this record and he was working on it all the time and I was working on it hardly ever and I remember that I would go to his house and I would like lay down on the floor and kind of sleep or not sleep like I would just Mm. be like depressed and he would be plugging away he did like 99% of that record as Kurt Bielema and I played acoustic guitar and sang but everything else is him. It's a drum machine. He okay. played guitar, bass. Isn't it just neat that his own, I guess, fortitude to want to get that done, but knew that it would mean something really special to you just to bring something into an existence that, you know, would mean something to you. And I'm then, forever grateful to him because I'm sure I wasn't like the best person to be around at that time. And he worked so hard. He's a great songwriter, too. Have you had him on your podcast? I have not. I have not. I've, I've Note to asked self. him. He is on, he is on the, the short list, but... Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's so talented. I guess, is there anything else you'd like to... Because you wrote some things down, I guess, about oh, this song or whatever. I wanted to tell you some fun facts about... Not oh, this yeah. song in particular, but other yeah. songs on the Let It Ride album are... Let's do that. Um, my friend Gina Villalobos sang back up on some songs... And I would encourage everyone to check her out. And LP mm-hmm. sang back up on Downed and Godspeed the Plow. And that's cool because, I mean, LP is rocking it right now. She is the that's hardest amazing. working woman in show business. And Nielsen Hubbard, a great songwriter, who was one of my favorites at the time. Still love him. Don't really know what he's up to, but he sang back up on some of those songs, too. So how did that come about, the, that they, they ended up singing backups? and? Well, LP and Nielsen were playing shows locally while I was working on it. I think it was already in the mastering process. No, not when Nielsen. Oh. When Nielsen recorded, he was at Kurt's house. But I think LP actually went to the studio when Adam Schmidt had a studio in the back of Parasol. Oh, wow. Okay. And LP sang backup vocals there i think and so did gina that's amazing so yeah just ask you know sure why not asking you shall receive who said that a a lot of people i think it was jesus (laughs) i don't 
Maybe. God, I mean, I, I've said it. I, I said it like last week. But, <laughs> I did too. <laughs> I did um, but it's true. Ask and you shall receive. Do you, Do you think about? You know, there's there's a lot of people that, and and maybe I'm putting you on the spot too. But this is also I'm saying this as a friend too. Um, I think it's amazing that, and and I almost feel like. I don't want to should you, but I'm also like, it'd be cool if, if you, you focused on this for a little bit is the idea that, um, although sometimes you really don't believe in yourself, there's a lot of people out there that really believe in you and really love the music that you do. And that I, I ran into some of the fights yesterday at Cobra Fest and it was, it was really like to just gushing about you and and your just just your songs and and what it means to them and that kind of thing and just i i hear about people that you know are now famous that that wanted to sing backups on your thing and like kurt putting so much effort into your own work that you know to to complete let it ride i just think that that's amazing and sometimes i don't know maybe i'm just saying this i just feel like it doesn't hurt to to remember that and focus on it so i'm just i appreciate that because i kind of quit writing or playing shows locally when nobody was showing up like uh, when your friends stopped showing up it might be a good time to stop saturating the market i don't know and we didn't talk about the fights actually did we no we haven't we should talk about them okay and not to change the subject because i appreciate that No, that's fine and i know that there are people who appreciate my music and and i appreciate that i really this do. guy this guy mm-hmm. right here. and i love you for it i love you for <laughs> it but i mean you know i've never done i've never played music to like impress anybody or to hmm. make money I just do it because it's fun and it stopped being fun. And I played a show at the Resist mm-hmm. Art Fair. I decided that I would play again. It had been a couple of years. And I played a solo show and Cole and Nick from the fight showed up. And, you know, they're like cool guys, I think. Yeah. You know, they're like young, oh, yeah. hip country guys. Love that. And yeah. Jeff Merritt gave me a copy of the fights record and I loved it. But I played that show, the Resist show, and those guys showed up. And I thought, oh, that's so sweet of those guys to come. Cole afterwards said that he cried during two of my songs. And I thought, wow, you know, unexpected, right? <laughs> I yes. was like, I cry about my songs all the time. But, <laughs> but that was very touching for me because I think, like, when I cry, when I hear a song, that's a good song. He said, well, what do you think about if you played with the fight sometime and we could be your backing band. And I was so touched. I was like, yeah, I would love that idea. I thought they were just being nice though. Cause that's oh. how I thought, you know, why would they want to do that? But I went home and I called my parents and told them. And then I called my best friend, Josh. And then I texted some of my friends. I'm like, the fights want to play with me. You know, I didn't think it would happen. And then Cole texted me and said, what about hog shoot? I'm like, let's do it. And we got together and practiced three times. And I think they practiced once before I met with them, but they learned the songs and they're so good. They're so good. And it was fun, you know? And I was like, I want to do that some more. 
because I was not having fun. By the time I quit playing shows, I had played one show and I thought, why would anybody do this? Why would anybody do this Mm. to themselves? I had so much anxiety and I was like, what kind of egomaniacal asshole can I say asshole in this? Oh, yeah. Egomaniacal asshole. Actually, it's required would do to this. Say it. Yeah. You know, like, I don't, ugh. I mean, I felt terrible. I'm sorry. That's, <laughs> no, that's not great. You know, and I hated myself. And do you ever feel like that? Like, you're getting ready to play and you're like, why would you do this? I, I kind of feel, watching you play at the hog shoot, I, I remember thinking, gosh, I cannot believe how comfortable and, like, in your element, you seemed up on stage. As that was because it was in a barn. And maybe. I got to wear cowboy boots. But you know, that was the first time I hadn't been nervous playing. Probably ever. Really? Probably ever in my whole life. That is amazing. Sober. Well, Liquor Up played a show once. It was the only time I drank and played music. My whole career, I always just drank after. All I remember is that we played two songs... Well, one song twice. And then Matt was mad. After that, I got sober, of course. But I I mean, my nerves were a wreck playing shows. That hog shoot, not nervous. Had a great time. Ready to to roll, guys. Let's do it. it And they're cute, too, aren't they? They're pretty cute. Yes, very much so. And And the thing is that they all love and trust each other. I feel like each one of them would probably, like, completely trust the other with their lives but they also would trust them with their music which is you know it, it maybe that's over dramatic but i also the way that they're able to interact and and i feel like they are not afraid to just be like look this is an idea that i have let's let's play with it that they're willing to be open with each other and i i get that sense every time i've been hanging around them and and it feels like they just they brought you into the fold like instantly yeah it was like i make them call me mommy yes i don't really make them call me mommy but (laughs) i feel kind of like they're den mom i met them like 10 years ago maybe longer than that one of them was dating a friend of mine Uh uh-huh ish kind of ish whatever Uh yeah we went over to their house and they all lived together and they're like they're like brothers Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Exile on Main Street. Exile on Main Street, located in the old train station building at 100 North Chestnut Street in downtown Champaign, has been helping to build record collections since 2004. Carrying a wide array of new and used LPs, CDs, and video games. Exile on Main Street has something for just about any music enthusiast and old school gaming devotee. Exile also hosts regular free live music shows on its stage, so be sure to check out their Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages for the up-to-date details on the next upcoming event. Open seven days a week. They can be reached by phone at 217-398-MAIN. That's 217-398-6246. When did you move to the Champaign-Urbana area, or have you always lived? I moved to Champaign-Urbana after that little year in Columbia, Missouri, 
And my parents told me I could go somewhere to quote unquote rest mm. or I could go live with my brother in Champagne. I think I said what's behind door number three, but I ended up moving to Champagne. That was 1989. And I haven't left. I left for a few years. Well, you know, I worked at Parasol Records uh -huh. for 17 years. And after that, I moved to Maui. Kind of did a back and forth stint for two years. I was a tech savvy gay butler. Nice. For some friends of mine who live on Maui. After that had sort of run its course, I didn't do anything. Some friends of mine were like, if we ever have kids, do you want to be our nanny? And I was like, yeah. Awesome. And then they actually had a kid and I became the nanny and we moved to Minnesota for two years. And last year we came back and now I live here again. I mean, you've been around long enough that you can, you know, remember when the blind pig was the blind pig and how, how has the music scene changed in the time that you've been here? Like, initially you said you moved in 1989 there was a lot going on in the music scene in 1989 there was mabel's i was just old enough to get into the bars uh, that summer you had to be 19 to get into the bars i don't know what it is now but bands came from all over the country in the world for that matter to play at mabel's and then later, The Blind Pig opened, and then a lot of indie bands, like indie rock, started to... Well, maybe indie rock was already happening, probably. Well, <laughs> yeah. The, the, I started to pay yeah. attention to it. And I was in bands, and we would play at The Pig. The, the original Blind Pig was amazing. I'm sure the new Blind Pig is amazing, too, but I don't drink anymore, so... But it's not... There's a cat. Not, I think there's a cat in the, the brewery. The brewery, yes. yeah. So. Um, but it's not necessarily the same as, uh, it's uh, not like it has a big stage. I think it's where Cowboy Monkey is now. Yeah. So that that is definitely... It was amazing. I drank a lot there. I mean, we had a great time. And that's a time when bands were getting signed and Poster Children got signed, Home got signed, Hardvark, Menthol, which was Mother at the time. Great band, Mother. Oh, hell yeah. Love that. I love <laughs> Who loved Mother. And then the High Dive was a great venue. Yeah, that was that was like early 2000s. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Jubilee Cafe. Jubilee Cafe is a free weekly meal program at Community United Church of Christ, 805 South 6th Street in Champaign, Illinois. Jubilee Cafe serves a home-cooked meal from 5 to 6.30 each Monday. Their mission is to feed hungry people by cooking healthy, delicious meals and by serving their guests restaurant-style with servers waiting on tables. Jubilee Cafe is open to anyone who cares to eat with them. Because food insecurity among students is so high, they serve students as well as others in and around the Champaign-Urbana community who struggle with hunger. Meals are free to all and will be served each Monday evening, located in the accessible lower level of the building at 6th and Daniel Streets in Champaign. For more information on the meal or how to volunteer, Go to the Jubilee Cafe CUCC Facebook page or email them at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. That's jubilee.cafe at community 
ucc.org. What is your favorite non-musical thing? I'm going to go with sleep. Sleep? All right. I'm going to go with... Let's fist bump to can that. I have a couple, can I have a couple non Yeah, absolutely. Night? Bring it up. Bring it up. Um, I love colored Christmas tree lights. Colored? Okay. <laughs> I love gray gardens. Excellent. I love Marianne Williamson. Okay. Who happens to be running for president. All right. Well... Tell us about Marianne Well, just Williams. go check out Marianne2020.com. I'll okay. leave it at that. What else do I love? I love cats. Cats are my favorite non-musical thing. Do you have any favorite cat stories that you'd love to share? Well, I don't really... Uh, You're not a story collector of cats? No. I do own the domain name Cataddict, which I don't know if it makes sense, but like oh. a cat addict... Yeah. Because I was going to just have a website of all things cats for sale. Oh. Like a little thrift store yeah. for cats. I had a cat, Dale. Mm-hmm. I had her for 19 oh, years. Yeah. I loved her. She was my best friend. And I can still feel her jump on the bed. I think she's around. It's like sometimes in our lives we find someone we don't know. Oh. But something deep inside tells you they're part of your whole. And you look into a kitten's eyes or dog's eyes and you realize you recognize do you believe in reincarnation i do believe that there isn't necessarily an end to what we consider is is our little our i don't know our little meat pockets that we <laughs> run around in <laughs> You know, that just so, I, that just I know. I, me I'm, oh, I'm so sorry. No, I don't our, our little flesh castle that, that our soul in inhabits Yikes. or our consciousness. I don't know. I mean, I it's know, like, I like, right? I know we're what you're this, saying. we're like this, this animated, yeah, we're this animated collection of cells that has something more than just the neurons i don't know i guess that's how i always feel about it and whether that's accurate or not i don't know but does it really matter because either i'm going to be dead one day and nothing or i'll be dead one day but something else so let's write a song about that okay let's okay i'm I'm just going to reach over here grab a (laughs) bass you can have the little tiny guitar angie thank you for coming on the show and talking about your song it's easier when you're here off the album let it ride and you know i i look forward and i hope that you get to write that happy song and you get to well i don't know whatever whatever your endeavors because sometimes if it's not making you happy or making you feel better then why why bother i agree you know that's that's my goal that's what i'm like putting out into the universe is let me write a happy song or something that will help other people. That sounds good. Well, thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Awesome. I love you. I love you too, Angie. <laughs> thank you for listening to Champagne is Also a Band podcast. This is Angie Heaton reminding you, great music is out there. Go find it where you live.
to find it where you live. Yeah, go find it where you go live. Go somewhere go else and find me. it. Go find it where you live. All right? Get out of my yard. Stupid kids. You almost have an NPR voice. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Studio. South Beaker on the inside.